Blog Talk Radio.
Yay! <laughs> Greetings, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Blue Click Radio broadcast, where we just go with the flow with our technical difficulties. I am Nikki, your host, and I want to also um, say hello to Sean, co-host. Say hello, Sean. Hello, Sean. Mm-hmm. Say hello, and Aaron. Hello, everyone. Hello, Aaron. <laughs> hello. Okay, so. <laughs> All right. This is, um, you know, one of our, we're changing the focus, or we're changing the format of our show just a little bit, where we're having shorter, more frequent shows. Um, and if you have not listened to our show, we had a show on Saturday. The twenty fifth, and if you didn't catch that one, we um, it's kind of a continuation of that one, so you can go back and listen to that one or just listen to this one. But what we want to talk about today is um, with everything that's going on in the news and kind of the energy in the air right now with um, all of the police brutality and um, kind of the height of racism that's going on right now. There's something that's about, there's a big bubble, something brewing that's about to burst. And we're like right on the brink of it right now. And what we, what I want to talk about is how centuries of white privilege have basically created a generation of people who have absolutely, or very little, if any, coping skills. Um, and I'm sure we have all experienced where there are lots of different situations where people have had um, an opportunity to, or you felt like you were talking to someone who you thought maybe knew what you were talking about, and then all of a sudden you realize that you're on a different, not only on a different level, but just your experience is much different than than someone else's um, because there are things that they don't, necessarily think about or have to think about. Um, For example, um, like for me, I was talking to um, another parent at my kid's school, and they were talking, I was showing her this picture. I have this picture of my grandmother, which I think is amazing that she has a a picture when she was in kindergarten. She was born in 1913. And I was showing them the picture because um, my son looks a lot like her. There was another little boy in her class that looked like uh, her son. And then th- this whole conversation, I was the only black person there, and it was three other parents, and they went into this whole conversation about the good old days and how they wish they could go back to the good old days when things were simpler and um, they didn't have to think about as much as they do now and how we didn't have to deal with all the stuff that we're dealing with now. And I was like, good old days for who? <laughs> and, of course, they just, oh, my God, I, I I didn't think about that. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize what I was saying. And like the look of horror on their face and how we are led to feel like we're supposed to be responsible for, oh, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. I just had to bring that up. And they almost they almost feel like, well, now I don't want to be around this person because now they remind me of, my white guilt or how I, how now it's a conflict 
because I have to, now I have something that I have to think about that I didn't before have to think about. So because somebody who's never had to think about or go through certain things are basically never had full range of their emotions because they've always been protected, when they are confronted with all of the things and the issues that are going on right now, it's, well, instead of just black lives matter, it's, well, all lives matter, not just black lives, where they can't just let it focus on the issue or the problem because they don't understand why you just have to focus on one thing. It should be everybody or why the South isn't wasn't the good old days for everybody or, you know, we – when the when you're raising black boys and you guys can can speak better to this than me since you guys are both black males raised in America, how um, there are things growing up that maybe your parents might have told you about or warned warned you about or you might have just learned just from watching that maybe your white counterparts didn't have to worry about. And so when when you're thinking about going out at night or now all of a sudden people have to realize that when I get if I get stopped by the police, what do I have to do to not be killed? Um, Mm -hmm. There was something going around Facebook that was saying, if I not kill myself, something we have to think about. And now there's all this stuff that has been released. I saw another video today that said, um, you know, you have your carry around this card with your rights on it because there are things that you – these are your rights, and you don't have to let them search your car. You don't have to say anything to the police, and you do have the right to, um, you know, sit in your car and say nothing. And, you know, what all your rights are that still only certain groups have to think about, not everybody. So that's kind of what led this discussion today is kind of the the energy that's in the air right now um, and some things that, white people are are being confronted with that they don't have the skills to deal with because they've never had to. Um, Sean, what are your thoughts? I think that um, white privilege is tantamount to atrophy, both socially and spiritually. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to be said about... rigidity and things that you go through that that kind of mm-hmm. create character those character building things that mm-hmm. um consi- that, that are considered rough and almost impossible to overcome or things that build something within you that if that didn't happen you otherwise wouldn't have the ability to be able to build i think mm-hmm. that the atrophy that comes along with white privilege it's something that is eventually going to be all of our burdens if we share society together because um, spiritually, emotionally, physically, socially, they're behind in that regard. Right. You understand what I'm saying? It's almost mm-hmm. like, um, you know how we talk all the time about <clears throat> kids who grew up who grow up in impoverished impoverished situations and how how strong and resilient they become because of the situations that they've gone through versus kids who've grown up with, you know, silver spoon in their mouth. And this is nothing to do with color. But if you grow up with privilege 
you don't have the same backbone that somebody grew up without privilege has. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be said mm-hmm. about um, friction. Friction creates an adversity, creates strength. They create mm-hmm. um, resiliency. They create experience that if you can get to the point where you can glean the things out of them that are necessary to sustain you for the rest of your life, then you're that much farther ahead of everybody else. So if you want to look at this thing socially, if you want to look at it in terms of a scale, the scale is way off balance in that regard. Where, um, And if you're still trying to talk about corporatizing um, relationships in terms of black and white and us living together in a society, we're going to have to wait for them to catch up. You know mm. what I mean? Because if you want to, if you, if it, if it's a balancing scale thing, we got four hundred years of oppression and ass kicking, and having right. to be stronger than everybody else. You're you're stronger than everybody else. You understand what I'm saying? If right. if I go to the gym every day and I'm meeting resistance of 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 weight training and I'm I'm, I'm engaging in weight training or whatever resistance that I'm placed in front of myself or whatever resistance resistance that I'm having to overcome, it creates those strengths in me that you sitting on the couch watching TV eating potato chips don't have. Mm. So as it relates to the balancing of a society, we have a monumentally strong physically, mentally, spiritually, though, you know, looking at the news, it may not look that way (laughs) in many cases. When you look at our youth and the shit that we're doing, but at the same time, when you look at the fact that all of the things that we've had to endure and go through and the thing, you know, you people say it all the time, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. There is no choice but to look at it in its honest eye, with an honest eye and say there's absolutely an imbalance here that if things are going to be righted as if we, <clears throat> as we talk about things being righted and having an equal playing field and everyone getting along in society, there's a lot of catch-up to do. There's a crash course that has to take place first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's that's the conversation. In, in order for you to get where these other folks are, and and maybe that's part of the reason why the foot now has become a foot of oppression, a, a more of a foot of a spiritual oppression than anything else, because it's one of the things where it's like, okay, these people have developed a sense of of, of resilience and 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 stick-to-itiveness that if they actualize that. What happens to the people that sit on the couch and ate potatoes all this time? Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What happens to the potato eaters? What happens to the folks who relied on the the circumstances to carry them through when they didn't rely on themselves completely to the point that the other folks did to foster those type of muscles? To, to, to sustain them when things, you know, get crazy. The things are about to get crazy for everybody, right. not just black folk. Right. You understand what I'm right. saying? This thing right oh, yeah. here, this is, just, this is just the beginning of it. It's about to get crazy for everybody. So it would be interesting to sit back and see how that facet of society who never had to endure anything in terms of <laughs> adversity or hardship or anything <laughs> like that, <laughs> you understand? And then uh-huh. they, they talk about, like, when you hear them, you hear them talk about um, 
uh, uh, the immigration when 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 the Europeans first started immigrating here, when you know when they started immigrating to New York and their grandfather and their grandparents came with fifty cents in their pocket, and they made it from nothing. Mm-hmm. That's not exactly mm-hmm. true. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's not no, exactly not. true. And no, out in the wash. No. So it's it'll be interesting true. to sit back and watch and a... see how. Go ahead. I was just going to say they had a network. The dollar in your pocket does not, you know, the network that they had is priceless. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. not the $5 exactly. in your pocket. Exactly. That's one so thing that there's, there's people, been, people say that. There has never been a pull, em, pull, em up, pull yourself up by your own bootstrap scenario that they can adhere to and say this is our strength. We can gain strength from this because we, we came from nothing into something. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. But it's about to be the case. <laughs> and, and and another thing we need to right. make clear as it relates to black people and white people, if we want to use those mm-hmm. two to assign ourselves to one another, our evolutions aren't tied to one another, obviously. Our no. evolutions have nothing to do with one another. The evolutionary path that the black person has in the world, not just on this continent, but the world at this point, has nothing to do with yeah. that of the Caucasian. Huh? I said it just in terms of our entire existence, our, exactly. you know, where we are compared to where, where we are. Where we are evolutionary. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. They just started. They just started. We've been doing this game for a very, 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 very long time. Very long time. And our evolutionary path is, is a consistent and long one that has, has done this up and down cycle more times than we probably are aware of. But at the same time, when, when you go back and you start digging into the archaeological records and, and, and things of that nature, you begin to realize that our two existences didn't coexist for very long. We haven't been, we didn't share this planet very long with, you know, I'm talking about melanin-dominant people and melanin-recessive people. We didn't share this, this, this planet. We haven't been sharing this planet very long. And our evolutionary paths are are, are 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 completely different because of the time, you know. Well, one of the reasons is because of the time that we've been doing this thing. So I think that mm-hmm. in a minute it's going to have to come down to, we, you know, you have people that talk about segregation and we have people that talk about integration and we should all learn to um, get along for various reasons. But when you really pull it out and you look at the nuts and bolts of the thing and you really look at it for what it is, there are very few um, spiritual parallels that we can share and glean from one another. So it will always be a, a misbalance of what you're doing and what I'm doing. I'm not talking about just on an everyday basis and jobs and and, 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 and taxes mm-hmm. and voting and how we're viewed. I'm talking about strictly from a spiritual perspective because everything that we're seeing starts in the spirit first. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's nothing that we can observe about human eyes that doesn't, isn't precipitated in, in, in the spirit realm and then moves into this realm here that we're, we're acting in and in, in participating within matter. But our past, is a, as, that, as, a, as it relates to that, our paths are not very parallel. So it has to come to a point where we got to say, okay, what, 
what is what is what does evolution look like in terms of where we're going versus where we currently are? Am I making sense? Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when, when, when we talk um, about yeah. when we talk about so when we're talking about white it's, privilege, we're talking about go ahead. Uh, I was just going to kind of reiterate to you what you were saying to show you that I'm if I, if I'm say, if I'm hearing what you're saying um, as far as evolution okay, or the stage in evolution that we are in and they are in um, since we've been on we are the oldest peoples on this planet and we've been here a lot longer than everybody else and Europeans white people are have been on this planet. The shortest amount of time. Um, if you look at the evolution, evolution standards of um, the, the physical lifetime, one of us is in wise old age, and the other one is in adolescence. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what I'm saying. And we're, we're and we're viewing things through those through those circumstances. We're viewing things from an adolescent. Well, we're viewing things from an, a, a more ancient circumstance versus someone who's viewing things from an adolescent circumstance. And not only that, not only are they viewing it from an adolescent circumstance, they're viewing it from a privileged adolescent circumstance. Right, okay. So if you want to liken wow. that to somebody who grew up who grew up in Beverly Hills and, and, and had someone wiping their ass all their life, and then all of a sudden... They got dropped off in Compton and said, "We're gonna leave you here." And the culture shock mm-hmm. that that would that would ensue as a result of such circumstance, such a damn, I can't talk. <laughs> that would happen because of such of a circumstantial shift. You know, you're gonna see a lot of strange shit. So I, I think, right, as it relates to us, I don't think we should align it so much with what's going on with everybody else in terms of, you know, melanin-dominant people. I think their plight is their plight mm-hmm. and how it affects us. I don't think it's very significant. I don't think we should try to uh, um, make them understand what it is to experience mm-hmm. it. I think they're going to have to experience it. I think they'll understand it soon enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. wow. And, it ain't, yeah. and, and it's not going to so. be a conversation. Yeah, that's one of those. Uh, no, it's not. It? Yeah, that's empirical. That's what? empirical. That's when you have to go through it and experience it. You can't just have somebody or hear somebody's word and say this is what it is, and then you you're able mm-hmm. to encompass it and feel it and know it for yourself. You got to know it for yourself. And I think right. that I think we're we're about right. to experience a shift in that regard. Because we're very imbalanced right now. Okay. Yeah, very much so. Okay, so we've got, if you are listening on, I don't know if we have any online listeners, but just in case you're listening online, um, now would be a good time to call in because we only have five more minutes in our half an hour, but we're going to go into the after hours and finish the talking. But our uh, call number is 323-642-1637. Yeah, we only have five more minutes left. Um, So, uh, Aaron, your thoughts? Yes. Oh, very simply, you know, you know you're privileged, whether or not you want to admit it. If you, uh, if 
a reality appears to you that you've never seen before and that you have a hard time understanding. Or if something shows up that makes you uncomfortable, that discomfort you feel is one little mark of privilege. The other mark of privilege is the ability to then walk away from it and go back to your cozy little corner and to not have to think about these problems because regardless of whether or not you think about these problems, your world continues to unfold as it's unfolded for however long it's unfolded. That's the other mark of privilege. So anyone who has to ask themselves whether or not they're privileged, just ask, ask yourself how your world, and I'm not talking about, you know, the world at large. I'm talking about how your day-to-day life is affected right. when something terrible happens to someone else. Um, and people, people want to be able to just put their hands up and wash their hands of it because that's what they've been able to do whenever this showed up. And that is the mark of privilege, and that's mm-hmm. just not something that a person can get away from. And that's part of the guilt. That's part of the anger. That's part of the the discomfort, because it's true. Because it's true. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, I hear a lot of um, like you know people who are, I want to say, I want to help. I want to. I sympathize with. Like mm-hmm. I have. I have a. A friend, I'll say friend, someone I know, who was always like, I care, I care about what you think about this because I want to help. I don't want to just sit down. And I just want to sit here and listen and watch the news. And I'm like, well, and I asked her, well, how do you, how do you want to help? How can you help? What are you willing to give up and to change? Mm-hmm. And the answer is silence because I don't want to do that. I just don't want to appear to be part of the problem. I just want right. to. I feel bad or I feel guilty or I feel uncomfortable. So I just want to tell you how sorry I am. I just want to tell you how I want to do something. I want to help. I want to join a committee or an organization. But uh, you're not giving anything up. You're not changing anything. You're not sacrificing anything. What are you, Mm -hmm. do you really want to help or you just want to create the appearance of helping? It's just like when people say I don't, and I think I've used this as an example before. Oh, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. As a white person, I don't <laughs> celebrate Thanksgiving because I realize, but you're, you know, are you willing to give up your house and go give you a house back on the land that they stole? No. Are you going to go and try to work to try to rectify what you are supposedly protesting, or are you just not eating turkey on Thanksgiving? Right. So it's, it's, you know, there's a difference when you when people say they want to help or they want to be sympathizers. Don't join my organization. Go and get some other go get some other white people who are sympathizers. And y'all go get together and figure it out because we, right. as a people, need to heal ourselves from the inside. We don't want you to think that you can heal us with your white privilege. Right. Go and talk about your white privilege with the other white privileged white people. And then decide what you guys can do as a group, but don't try to think that again, with your white right. privilege, you can come over here and help us. Right. The the key word is that it's because white privilege, so it's not really something that's our yeah. problem. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then the yeah. point when when Sean brought up how people. 
white privilege is going to create a whole right. different set of circumstances that they've never had to deal with before. Right. So, and 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 they're not going to have any sympathy to lend to anyone in a minute. Right. They're going to have to circle wagons and, and deal with their own thing as we have to deal with ours. In a minute, right now they think mm-hmm. they have sympathy to lend because they have nothing to lend their own sympathy to as it relates to themselves. Mm-hmm. So I want to lend my mm-hmm. I have extra sympathy sitting here. I'm not doing anything with it. I don't need it. My life is perfect. I don't have to worry about a cop hitting right. me upside the head when I step out of my house. So I have a whole right. bunch of surplus of sympathy to lend to someone else's cause. Right. Like when you're mm-hmm. actually giving sympathy that you need for yourself, that's when you're really doing something. That's like, you know, that parable in the Bible when it talks about the, the, the rich man who gave $20 million, how much, however much he gave, and the poor lady that gave two cents, and she gave more because she didn't have as much. She didn't have as much right. access. When you got access, mm-hmm. when you don't have anything to worry about, you have no mortal enemies, you have no real problems to really have to... You know, circumnavigate, you have a whole lot of extra sympathy to lend to someone else's call. But I would just tell them, reserve your sympathy because you're going to need it. You're going to need right. it. Right, no kidding. Yeah. You know, and no. I think people don't really mm-hmm. realize that this is just the beginning. This ain't all about black folks. This is going to be about everybody. No. Everybody is going to be, ain't going to be no privilege. Yeah, there absolutely. Won't be any so you know, there there won't be any excess empathy to lend to some other call. Right. So that would be my advice: is reserve your right. empathy because you're going right. to need it. You're going to need it. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Hell right. yeah! The muscles are completely atrophied because they've never had to use them. They bought the right. line. They bought the illusion. That, you know, all mm-hmm. I got to do is show up and, and everything is everything. No. All right. Right. Well, we're, we're, at, we're at the point now where the, you know, the, uh, the proverbial master <laughs> is starting to wake up to the fact that he ain't shit. And that's, that's just a hard, yeah. hard thing to face because you have right. been, you've yeah. been the bar for as long yeah. as you can remember. Yeah. And that's, that's changing. Yeah. But you've been the you've been the bar without real merit. That's the that, right. that's the crazy thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it, it's a that's bar. What it, it is. was a bar right. because it was it, it was a substantive bar in the first place. Right. And that's a whole different conversation. What they're realizing is that the bar it wasn't even the bar. It's not right. Even real, you know, it's not founded mm-hmm. on anything. You just showed up and somebody said, "Here, okay, cool." But, you know, you've never got big uh-huh. uh, that you had in terms of fortifying. You You're breaking up to. a little bit, Sean. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, Fortify that bar. Uh... Or that. that okay. Go ahead. Let me fix my phone. Go ahead. Y'all keep going. Okay. Um, one thing that you said, um, Sean, when you were talking about how, you know, basically if we, society, is out of balance and we're going to have to find that balance in some way if we're going to live together as a society and have to cohabitate 
and mm-hmm. and how so how do we rebound is there do you see how what does it look like for that rebalance? Do we rebalance together or do we rebalance separate and then come back together, or do we just rebalance our own separately? What do you um, see? What do you foresee? I see rebalancing separately. I see rebalancing separately because, again, when you look at our evolutionary paths and you look at our our even our ways of, of understanding things that are currently going on, they're completely different. They're completely different. When you when you when you talk to someone who is from a privileged background, you you quickly understand the fact that they don't quite understand everything that's going on. You know, in 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 a way that's mm-hmm. um, completely representative of what's actually going on. They live in a bubble. They live in a bubble. They live in mm-hmm. a bubble. So, with that level of atrophy, I think that that you know, when you're in, when you first start school, you don't start in college. You're at. You're basically asking me, right. your kindergartens and kindergartners and graduate students go to school at the same go to go to the same classroom? No, they don't. They can't. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have to right. ask. You've got to go through the process to get up to where the graduation, graduate people are. You don't sit in kindergarten and say, okay, I'm going to go up here and I'm going to hang out with these folks up here at uh, uh, Johns Hopkins University. You want to, first of all, you can't understand what it is that they're saying at Johns Hopkins. You have to get to the point where uh-huh. you, you, you foster the language and a condition that you're able to understand that's somewhat parallel to what they're dealing with in John Hopkins, but it's on your language, on your level. That's the level of, of imbalance that we're talking about in terms of, 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 of um, atrophy and understanding and having the rigidity to face things as they come along on your own versus having someone else do it for you or having a buffer to, 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 to mitigate some of your circumstances. Circumstances won't be mitigated pretty soon. <laughs> so you can't go to kindergarten. You can't take your kindergarten class and sit them in a John Hopkins lecture hall and think that they're going to learn and, and, be, and be expedited up to the prowess and the status of those people that have been in that lecture hall for now almost 400-plus years. So no, it 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 it, it has right. to be a separate thing where, you know, you 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 have, have to, to be learn separate. to get this thing at your own space and in your own pace. Mhm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we make you know, we we've made jokes about it forever. Black folks can make a meal out of two beans and a piece of chicken. White folks are trying to kill themselves. <laughs> they lose it. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> we make jokes. Right, if they had to live like we live. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's a shifting or it's a leveling of the playing field or basically taking the hourglass and turning it the other up, upside down or right side up. The bottom is going to be the top and the top is going to be the bottom. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, what are your thoughts? about it is... Um, I, I mean, one has to agree. You have to heal yourself first, balance yourself first before you can be available to then balance a group. So, of course, that has to be true. 
Um, and and part of the reason why people are so uh, angry about this time and the end of the good old days is because ever since this system was founded in this country, there has always been the fear of being treated the way that uh, one has treated others. And so they're, they won't have to worry about that because yep. that's never been the agenda but they are going to finally understand what it means to be outside of the, uh, I don't know how to say it, <laughs> I guess outside of the cool party, or, or you want to say out, out, right. outside <laughs> of the standard is what I'm saying, uh-huh. outside of the uh-huh. standard. Right. Because that right. standard never should have been the standard. It could have been a standard for, you know, a little something or another, for, but for it to be this major standard, against which all people hold themselves, uh, it, it was a big-time, you know, uh, it, was, it was a big-time lie that was sold and, and, and was held intact for many years, but now it's over. You know, the jig is up, and the, mm-hmm. when that standard dissolves a bit, they're going to understand just what it means to not be, to not be what people aspire to be, to not be to not be what someone wants, to not have what people want, to, to, to understand what it means for people to be unconcerned about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. right. that's going to be tough. That's going to be gonna tough hurt. because when you yep. – it's going to really hurt because when you've been the superstar, when you've been something that everybody loves, to all of a sudden not have that anymore means that a major piece of your identity is going to be lost. It's false identity, mm-hmm. of course. But nonetheless, you're going to have to then reorient yourself and rediscover what it means to be who you are. And it, that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And right. we, we've we been raised to know that, you know, if things are tough, you just got to find a way to be tougher. If you get knocked down, get back up. And if you can't get back up, you better be dead. Everybody's had the talk right. where you have to work twice mm-hmm. as hard. I mean, that's just. That's something that we are used to, but when you're not used to that, it's it's, uh, it's going to be devastating. But my hope is that it creates an understanding and a compassion and maybe even a little bit of sorrow, not in the sense that anybody needs an apology, but just that hollow feeling that you get when you know you really didn't get something, and because you didn't get something, you really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's right. that's what I'm hoping for, right? right. Because mm-hmm. that that that's then to me that's when there will be balance, when you just finally under understand, right? Understand because you know now, right? 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 That's right. right. And hopefully that's they're right. also going to know because it will it will never, and I know you should never say never, but it will never be as devastating. For them, because we, it was never our desire to to create that kind of devastation. So I hope yes. that there's the awareness of that yep. too. That for as bad as it might right. be for them, for as devastating as their mm-hmm. new realization, their new reality mm-hmm. is, it will never be what we experience because we are not Mm-mm. interested no. in creating that. We never were. No. No. And in fact, we are no, still all. trying to take. We're still trying to take care of them because that's who we are. 
we take in the strays, right. we take in the, the lost, we take in everybody, despite how much they've bashed our heads in and abused us on every level, we still are willing to take care of somebody who we know is hurting. And that's why they right. don't, their, 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 their hurt and pain will come from having to face themselves, not what we right. will do to them, but having to face themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Right, 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 right. And that's the maturity. That's the spiritual maturity in which I speak about. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. earlier when I was saying when you have excess empathy to lend to something else, that's easy. But if you have all the reason in, in the world to lament your your current situation or your very situation, yet you still extend that empathy to the very people that are putting you in that situation, that is maturity. Mm-hmm. That's spiritual mm-hmm. maturity. That denotes the fact that we've been doing this longer. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I mean by mm-hmm. you, you got you got the you got the old heads, the old elders, and you have these children who are still learning their way. Right. So. Yeah. 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 So it, it's it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to watch, but it, it, it has to take place. You know, and as as empathetic as we are, as empathetic as we are, we will still be empathetic toward that process. Right. Mm-hmm. As parents. Yeah. As parents as are. Parents. As parents. Yeah. As yeah. parents mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And yep. I think, you know, that's one of the yep. things that we that's have it. to really take into consideration. And that's the way that I look at it, man. You can't look at this in no other way. It's it's about it's about adults and children. At the end of the day, it's about adults and it's about children. It's about those who have evolved to a certain level because they've reached a level mm-hmm. of maturity that those mm-hmm. that find themselves in charge haven't gotten to yet. We got to We have started to think in the first place. You're breaking up again. I don't know where you are. Wow. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, yeah that's good. Okay. Yeah, it is, it's, the, it's always the possibility. It's always the one who... The one who nope. I don't know what you did, but... Oh, well... You lost it. How about now? Yes. Don't move. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, you know, the one, the one, the one who, the one who has cultivated and knows more, the one who has gained the more wherewithal. Uh, um, the, 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 lev- the levity or the leveraging force within the, the, the dynamic that's about to unfold. So it's mm-hmm. not going to just be us sitting around watching somebody getting their come up because this face it level of empathy with that process as well. Now mm-hmm. I'll move it on. Do we do at that level of empathy to the point where we take on that burden? That's all or do we let it play out the way that it's going so to be Exactly. Well, and and that's what, what's what we need to not do is fall into that old pattern of thinking that we need to take on the burden because we always have, Absolutely. we always uh-huh. have, we've always Absolutely. carried everything and taken the responsibility because 
we are a people who it's easier for us to deal with our own feelings than to watch somebody else go through pain. I can go through my own pain because I can deal with that, but to watch somebody else go in pain through pain and not do anything about it or to try 